Two Designers Walk Into a Bar is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information about our show or to discover more podcasts you'll enjoy, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. So there was a fellow named John Hernmaster. Her, oh, wait, I'm going to butcher this. Her, her man, Herman Sater. Okay. <laughs> there was, uh, you're there, killing it. I you're know, doing it. I you're know. really doing it. I know. I know. I'll do it eventually. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Elliot. And Todd. Welcome to Two Designers Walk Into a Bar, an ongoing conversation about pop culture and iconic design. Today we're going to take a step back in time and into a bar from the past as we rub elbows with the beats. We may be in Greenwich Village. We could be in North Beach. Wherever our bar is for you, it's home to the hippest cats and the coolest kittens. So ask the bartender for some reasonably priced Chianti, wave the cigarette smoke away from your face, and dig the crazy scene right alongside us here in the bar. So, real quick recap from, from the student perspective here, because um, did a really good job of introducing us to um, how Blue Note became uh, Blue Note, how they were formed, and sounds like a very passionate appreciation for the artist and um, the style of music that had not seen uh, a lot of publicity. And where we also are, we're just talking about the interesting similarities of maybe how the their artwork, their album covers started to be more in the present, more um, inspired by what was happening. Mm-hmm. As we talked about in the last episode, we had our friend Ike Quebec, <laughs> right? And so Ike was uh, sourcing talent, essentially, for Blue Note. Yeah. And so as a result of that, they needed something that would represent the talent at the level it needed to be represented, I think. Yeah. And that is a great segue to talk about the design side of the house a little bit. So we've talked about the origins of Blue Note. We've talked about a couple of the albums. We, of course, talked about Reed Miles and and some of the work that he's done. And that's really when people think of jazz and they think of iconic art directors in jazz, they think about Reed Miles. Okay. But what I want to talk about first, though, today, I want to talk about the guy who hired Reed Miles. (laughs) So this actually reminds me of I'm going to geek out and go a little uh, granular with design stuff for a moment. There is an industrial design firm in San Francisco called Ammunition. Mm -hmm. And it was started by an industrial designer named Robert Bruner. 
And one time when he was asked what he felt he was going to be most well-known for, he's designed stuff for Apple and Adobe, for Kodak, uh -huh. for all of these different brands we all know and love. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> this person asked him, what do you think you'll be most known for? And he said, hiring Johnny Ive at Apple. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's, probably. Yeah, that's the best decision I made. So yeah. um, I want to talk about the Robert Bruner of Blue Note. Okay. So that's a guy who is, his name was uh, John Herman Sater. And uh, so when people think of the iconic look of the jazz album, as we've talked about, the style that pops in your head is a work of Reed Miles. Uh, and of course, he created work for Thelonious Monk, for Dexter mm -hmm. Gordon, for mm -hmm. Joe Henderson. But prior to him coming on the scene, someone had to lay the groundwork at Blue Note. Someone had to kind of round the edges for, I think, Wolf and Lion and kind of show them what the possibilities mm -hmm. could be with this relatively new medium, right? The, the album cover. And that guy was uh, Herman Sater. So what's his deal? Mm -hmm. He grew up in Pennsylvania and he studied at the Memphis Academy of Art in Tennessee. And, and Todd, I know you love the Bauhaus. I do. So he also studied at the new Bauhaus in Chicago. Oh, cool. He then went to New York and he studied with Robert Motherwell at the new school of social research. I never, I never knew there was such a school. Yeah, I do. I've heard of Robert Motherwell. Of right, course, right. You've heard. I'm sure you've heard of the New School. So, New School of Social Research. And then, in addition to being a designer, he was also an abstract expressionist painter and a jazz nut. So, oh yeah, this is one of the ironies with Reed Miles. Reed Miles actually wasn't a jazz nut, <laughs> even mm -hmm. though he made this mm -hmm. amazing artwork. He he was into other stuff more than he was into jazz. So with Herman Sater through the late 40s and into the early 50s, Blue Note was at that point still relatively unknown as a jazz label mm -hmm. because they were small. So they found it very tough to compete with major record companies who were starting to release the LP or the long playing record, the 33 and a third RPM record. Okay. So we talked a little bit about in our last episode about the different sizes of records and types of records. So there were three types. One was 78 RPMs and that went really, really fast. So for, for those of you who think about records on a turntable, 78 revolutions per minute versus 33 means it's going much faster. It's going over three times faster, you know, in terms yeah. of its rotation. So that needle is moving across this disc much, much quicker. So it doesn't hold as much information, exactly. right? It's, it's exactly. It's whizzing through it. Exactly. And then 45s, which you're certainly old enough to remember it. And the reason I know you're old enough to remember it is because when I was little, I actually also <laughs> had 45s. That's right. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, staring 100 in the face right now so uh, <laughs> but the, in all seriousness the 45 when singles were being released so we had talked earlier about albums and how you know not everybody wanted to buy an album even all these years ago sometimes there were hot singles and people just wanted the single or they just didn't have a lot of money and they couldn't afford a whole record so yeah. 45s were being sold and that was much smaller records one song per side and that was becoming the new format for singles for the reasons that it's smaller, easier to transport. It's it's 
you could sell it for less money, less materials in terms of producing it. And when you think at the time, of course, about radio stations, when they were playing the music, they were playing a 45. They weren't looking at a giant record and then saying, oh, well, where should I drop the needle on this? <laughs> you know, they were just jumping the, in and okay. playing the 45. Yeah. So then the LP was coming out, the 33 and a third format. So that's a different technology. And so naturally bigger labels could jump into that first. Right? Yeah. I mean, it makes all kinds of sense. In 1951, when Blue Note began issuing 10-inch records, and the, so the, this is getting the 33 and a third situation, Herman Sater was one of the first designers. He had a small team, two people, one named Paul Bacon and one named Gil Mel. And I assume that's how you say his last name, M-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Okay. And it was during this period that Blue Note started to sort of develop its own visual style, its natural rhythm, and it began to deliver, you remember that motto that we talked yeah. about in the last yeah. episode? So this is where the artwork, the visuals, really started to equal these founding principles that Alfred Lyman written about and, and what his vision was. So it was thought of as a decade of quote unquote, uncompromising expressions by young musicians who were on the cutting edge of jazz. So this was when Blue Note was really building its reputation against uh -huh. these bigger players. If we can't uh -huh, compete uh -huh. with them in terms of budget, then let's compete with them in terms of quality and in terms of what the output looks like, right? right what are the products right. we're offering? So Herman Sater was, was like the uh, art director of Blue Note, and he yes. had these other two designers, yes. Bacon and Mail, and um, did Reed Miles replace one of those guys? at Blue Note, or was he just hired additionally? How did Reed Miles come to be part of Blue Note? I'll get into that. The short answer is yes. Okay, all right. I'll get into that. But first, I think it's sort of, um, you know, this two-tone thing, right? Black and a, a spot color mm -hmm. that we generally think of as something that Reed Miles innovated. Actually, Herman Sater was the one who started it. Okay. So that look and feel, that program, had sort of already been set in motion by the time Reed Miles was hired and came in to replace Herman Sater. So he did things differently, but the but kind of the recipe was there a little bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, you're always standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Yep. When we think about this, Herman Sater was an abstract painter. So... Reed Miles' style was pretty geometric, as we talked about last time in our episode. We'll talk a little bit more about it today. Whereas Herman Sater was using some geometric shapes, certainly, but his work was much more organic. It was kind of more blobby. And we'll put some mm -hmm. of his work mm -hmm. up on our episode page so people can take a look at it. And as I mentioned a minute ago, he also had the two-color thing going. So again, thinking about printing technology at the time and budgets, if you could print something on a two-color press, which was pretty common, it would be less expensive. You know, four-color separation in the 40s right. was, you know, 50s right. was more of a challenge. So it was a quality control thing, too. But as we've talked about before, sometimes constraints can actually yield really interesting results, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So looking back at this era... Michael Cascana, who is the founder of Mosaic Records, which is another jazz label, said, quote, 
What John Herman Sater and Paul Bacon really did was evoke the feeling of the music. Mm. They used everything from Bauhaus designs to things that were really otherworldly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I thought that was a great quote. So that's, again, getting into the abstract expressionist nature of what was going on at the time and yeah. was naturally influencing these guys in terms of what they were looking yeah. at when they would yeah. go to art shows, go to museums, whatever. And then Richard Cook, who wrote a book called Blue Note Records, The Biography, states that Herman Sater in particular balanced the twin issues of photography and type in a way that would mirror the concerns of the blue note of the years ahead. So I thought that was a really, really good Mm -hmm. quote, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned Reed Miles. And so he came in, he had some reputation, he came in, but obviously Herman Sater needed to be confident enough to pass the baton to Miles to know what would happen. Right, right. And it sounds like from those uh, two quotes, something that we were uh, we had talked about previously, which is um, they were using the uh, the design to communicate the expressionism of, mm-hmm. of the product of the art uh, that it was carrying. and the the album itself became a product, not just the the music holding it. Exactly, exactly. So let's jump in and uh, let's learn a little bit more about some jazz album art as we wrap up this portion of our series on the beats. All righty. Let's go to my, uh, my second choice here. Okay. That would be another Blue Note selection, also by Reed Miles. And this is by a musician named Horace Parlin. And this is an album called Happy Frame of Mind. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to meet this cat, because he seems like a good guy. When you, when you look at the yeah. photo of him yeah. on the front smiling, he seems to, he's got it going on. But I absolutely love this album as well. So it was recorded in 1963, but get this. It wasn't released as a solo album until 1986. And so Reed Miles did, in fact, design this. He had long since left Blue Note. So I don't know, did they get him back? (laughs) I mean, Uh, we know uh he did uh it because this is one of the albums that has his signature on the front buried in the type, which I'm going to explain in just a moment. Okay. Parlin was a jazz pianist. So when you think about piano, you think about black and white. Right, And I think that's going to play an important part in the thinking of this because the album cover, the artwork, is mostly in black and white. Okay. And like Leeway, this is also printed in two colors. Um, Mm -hmm. In addition to black, Mm -hmm. it also has that same red-orange coincidentally. But it's only appearing in the artist's name. Overall, it's a black and white layout. Right. But wow, I mean... What a layout. It is incredible. The title takes up most of the front of this album. It's bold. It's geometric. And it 
It's really bouncy, like, yeah. the, in the, it reminds me of Herb Lubal and, and uh, a lot of the, the work then where you were sort of breaking the typography rules of bass lines and things like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, had kind of a resurgence in, in like, the early 90s, like this, sort of, which we will maybe talk about uh, down the road with yeah. the grunge era. Yeah. But you had this, like, type wasn't. It, type was this artistic expression, and it was it was broken, it was cut, it overlapped, mm-hmm. it moved, it changed. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you know what that? Do you know what the typeface is? I think it was actually hand lettered, but it really okay. looks like a like a poster bedoni. Um, yeah, like yeah. if people again want to Google this, you'll start you'll start to get an idea of, of loosely what we're talking about here, but. The other part of this, like you mentioned things getting cut up and yeah, this geometry, like I think in addition to the black and white and the idea of piano keys, of course, mm-hmm. being black and mm-hmm. white. The other thing I think about is music notes and musical notation mm, Yeah, with, yeah. with the strong verticals, with all the round shapes here. It just feels like music notes to me. So again... It's really, really smart. And then what they did with the layout, what what Reed Miles did, is he also put quotes around the title, which I think is yeah. so great because obviously you didn't need to do that. It's the it's, it's on the album yeah, itself. Yeah, it's you know big, that's yeah. the title. But um, but he went ahead and put these quotes around it. So again, it's it's this opportunity for more of these ball shapes, and again, starts to feel more like music notes. You know what's interesting too, Ellie, as I'm looking at this, uh, the thing that I really I love a lot. There's a there's a lot going on, but my eye goes to the dot of the eye of mind, yes, which is almost in the dead center of this album, which would be about where the hole in the LP would be, right? Exactly. Yeah. Did you did you see that? Did you think of? It? Isn't it so smart? I mean, there's so many of these little things that are so smart. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that too. Um, God, yeah, and it's because it, your eye is drawn to it immediately, right? You're mm-hmm. like, what's that mm-hmm. doing there? <laughs> and it takes a minute for you to figure it out. I love it so much. No, yeah. And you don't notice it at first, but um, as I mentioned a minute ago, uh, Parlin's name is at the top in orange. <laughs> but they went ahead and stuck it a second time, right? Yeah. Right under it's giant, huge, yeah. Under this Taking up title. seven eighths of the cover, <laughs> <laughs> right? Which I think is great because, yeah, he's not going to argue with it being on there twice. You want to put my name on there twice? Hell yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> but a tiny, a tiny little picture. That's what's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but again, it's his name appears in orange under this little postage stamp size uh, image. Yeah. So it's sort it of appears like twice on yeah. the same cover. So in case you're wondering who it is, it's this guy. (laughs) I just love that. So this is in a more lightweight, you know, this main typeface is very slanted and chunky and fun, you know, full of expression. And then this other one is much more utilitarian. It's very lightweight, much smaller. It, um, it is tucked in the upper left corner um, with the names of the musicians in black wrapping around the the photo. It kind of is mm-hmm. all tucked together as a unit, which is then kind of has landed on top of this massive planet of <laughs> clustered typography. And then again, the blue note 
logo. It's got to be on there. Yeah. So they tuck it right over the Y in happy, and they really start to downplay it. But it it still balances the this layout. But everything is this huge, huge, huge ball of energy. And I think it goes back to what you were saying a minute ago. It's, it's almost like everything is centered around this nucleus, which is yeah, yeah. exactly like a record, right? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, it's because when you think about how a record goes, it goes from the outside in. The needle starts at the edge, works its way toward the center. Mm-hmm. I just think it's mm-hmm. so great. I think this is the perfect balance of sophistication and fun. And that's really what jazz is to me. And so I yeah. think that's why I really, really like this album. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, so you're two for two in my book. Okay, you, okay, you, good. You've gotten you've gotten a sixty six percent, which we'll call that passing. But let's see if you can uh, do better. Okay, we'll see if I can ace the test. How about that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because I studied. I told you I've studied. Yeah, you did. You studied. Okay. Hey, uh, speaking of studying, uh, I just examined my drink, and it's running a bit low. Which begs the question, have you gotten all your steps in today? So you want me to exercise with my feet so you can exercise with your drinking arm, huh? Got it. Tell you what, everyone, let's all take a breather, grab a fresh bowl of snack mix, and slide back around the table here in the bar in just a minute. Hey, nerds, I'm Sarah, the paper nerd, and if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, The Paper Fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hi. We want to take a moment to mention that if you're enjoying this episode, we have an archive of topics ranging from the Olympics to movie posters. Think Ghostbusters. Iconic images. Think Bigfoot. Punk music. The Ramones. Saturday morning cartoons. The Pink Panther. And failed products like OK Soda. Visit our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com for full episode notes and visuals, the latest blog content, and to sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Find the links on our website or search using the phrase, Two Designers Walk Into a Bar. Most importantly, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people like you find podcasts like this. And tell a friend about us. Send them a link to our podcast from your listening platform of choice. And if you're inclined, buy our merchandise. Stickers, coasters, magnets, t-shirts. We're designers. We make good stuff and it helps support the show. Get in touch. Use the contact form on our website or send an email to hello at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. We read every message we get. Honest. And we're available for speaking gigs. Email us to learn more. Okay, now, back to the bar. So my third album choice here is also from Blue Note. But, but, Todd. Yeah? It was not designed by Reed Miles. Okay. Okay. 
but it was designed certainly in his style. Um, and mm-hmm, it was designed mm-hmm. by a, a fellow named Larry Miller. I want to be sure to give Larry credit. And this one was by the saxophonist Jackie McLean. And it's called mm. Destination Out. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. want to say that because it ends in an exclamation point. And, and you'll uh-huh. see why I'm saying that uh, in a moment if, if folks are unfamiliar with this layout. So... This album was released in 1964. And there are so many things that I love about this. And Todd, um, you know, we always love threads running through things. And this is a complete coincidence, total coincidence. But like the others, this album is also printed in orange and black. I, You know, I was just going to say, like, I really thought you were going to bring some blue to the blue note um, category here, but all of the ones that you brought out today, which they definitely look like a set, although they each represent something a little different, are all sort of that red, orange, and black. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this was hard. Yeah. But um, there are several. It's not that I'm hating on blue. For all of you fans of blue out there, I do. <laughs> I, I use, I use, and I, I engage with, and I enjoy blue as well. But there. I can't, Todd. I can't choose something on color alone. There's got to be other. That's right. There's got to be other reasons. Right. Okay. 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 So, like the other two, there's a great use of white space here. You know, we talked about how these different elements are taking up different amounts of these covers, and you know, you got to keep in mind for everybody who listens to music on their phone or maybe bought CDs or cassettes, and and that's really their introduction to music. These were like mini posters. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is what was so great about vinyl. And I really feel this is part of the vinyl resurgence uh, that we're experiencing now is people want that tangibility. So this definitely feels like a poster. So when I say white space, I mean the top two thirds of this sucker are white. Everything, Mm -hmm. all the information Mm -hmm. except for one thing, which I'll talk about in a minute, is all crammed down in this lower third or lowest third of this album art. So let's work from the bottom up. I think that starts to make the most sense. And we'll we'll sort of build. We're we're gonna all right. Kind of like how you make an ice cream sundae. You know, you put the cherry on top last, right? All right. Let's make our sundae here. So at the bottom, along the bottom edge, we have Jackie's name in orange. It's bold. It's condensed. It's all uppercase characters along the entire width of the album. And it's the kind of type that you'd see on like a like a boxing poster, for those of you, if you can sort of picture that in your minds. And then above that, in the same typeface, but in black, we see the first part of the title, destination, dot, dot, dot. And the D, this line of type is inset slightly from the left-hand edge, so it aligns with the vertical part of the J below it. So there's some thought being given to where all of this is placed. And the the ellipse, the three periods, end like right over the A in McLean. Mm-hmm. So this was this was very sort of purposeful. This wasn't arbitrary. And then above that, in a lighter and smaller sans serif italic typeface, to add a little bit of motion, a little bit of dynamism, is the roster of the four additional musicians. And it stretches across the width of the word destination so you see what i'm doing here kind of like our sunday i'm stacking things up yeah i'm, I'm like yeah, you know, yeah. adding ice cream and, and more goodies here okay 
So the Blue Note logo, you've got to add that. The Blue Note logo is perched above these names, but is pushed out to the right. So you start to get this, this nice vertical thing with the, the L in McLean, the N in Destination, where these names all end. And then you got this Blue Note logo with a rectangle as part of it. So, okay, cool. Uh-huh. But there's this white area now. You've sort of started to stack all this up, but... The only thing that is stretched all the way across the album, as I mentioned earlier, is this guy's name. Kind of like Tetris mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit. You're stacking these things yeah, in, yeah. but it's not going all the way across. Yeah. Okay, so what's the deal with that? Like, what, what, What's going to go in that white space? Yeah, so it's pre- everything is pretty structured. It's it, Like mm-hmm. you said, Tetris is a, is a great example. It's like, this thing is like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Like the bottom third is like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've got all this white space at the top. What are you going to do with that? Yeah. You're going to break the rules, man. Yeah, yeah. What we haven't talked about yet is McLean's photo. Okay, so there's a photo of him. Looks like in a club, probably at night. He's wearing sunglasses, of course. He's a cool cat, right? He's got his Ray-Bans on. Taken at a gig, likely. And then underneath, remember, this album is Destination Out. Out. With an exclamation point. So, out is right under his photo. Again, all uppercase exclamation point. And it is rocketing up and off the page. It's like the ejector seat in a car or something or a catapult. (laughs) He has been launched. Like, he's like, this is it for me, (laughs) you Uh know? And it's like, I'm out. I'm leaving. And I just, I think this is so great and so playful because it's surrounded by nothing. Right? It's just surrounded by white. So you can't help but look at it. And it's so simple, but it's so irreverent. So, and this thing is cockeyed too. It's rotated about like 30 degrees counterclockwise. And then it's disappearing off the top edge of the album cover. So it, it doesn't yeah. even contain the whole photo of him. I just, I love this so much, just the energy. And if you listen to this album, it really reflects what's happening on it. It's fast paced, structured yet it has unexpected variety. And so I think this just looks fun and I can totally imagine sitting cross-legged, you know, at your hi-fi, listening to this and uh, just staring at this album art. I just love it so much. Yeah, I love the his photo is he's also he's looking back towards the body of the of the uh type that says like destination and his name which i think is is kind of uh, obviously thoughtful that uh, someone planned that but yeah it does look like the other type at the bottom of the uh, album kicked his picture and the word out out and it's going off the page and it's also shot up like the angle the photographer is lower than he uh-huh, is uh-huh. so it totally makes sense to have it live at the top of this album art because you're like yeah i believe that <laughs> like he's he's leaving <laughs> like i'm i'm kind of down here with all the other junk at the bottom of this uh, album art cool so how do all these things tie together, Elliot? Like, I mean, obviously there's like some consistent look. I, I'm curious about, I want my great. Before we get into that, what? How- oh, 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 okay. Well, I think I think uh, you saved the best one for last. And um, uh, since since records are 33 and a third, and you got, had the rule of three there, so each one got you a good 33 and a third. So I think you got a, you scored 100 on this oh, one. Oh, man, from the professor. Okay, uh, this man, is great. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome. So. But what do they all have together? Like I can, I see, I can tell kind of what you like by looking at these three. 
you like this bold, expressive mm-hmm. typography integrated with. Uh, I'm just making this up on the fly. You know, I'm sure you've thought way more about this. Integrated with photography and somehow, uh, and then conceptually tying together with the the subject. Uh, in that case, the music, the style of music. Yeah. Um, so I would say a few things. I think I agree with everything you're saying. I think I want to go back to something I said originally at the start of all this was the constraints uh, that we talked about uh-huh. earlier. These budget constraints. So colors, the size, the quality of the photos, these all led to some unexpected surprises, I think, right? Mm, So mm -hmm. the designers here really had to be on their toes. And it's sort of like, hey, you're given these things. It's not like you can go out and do another photo shoot or something. You don't have an iPhone to go pop off (laughs) a picture. There isn't the internet to go pull something. You have what you have you know, work with it. Right. And so I think that 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 didn't hold them up. Like, I think they, again, turned a negative. Yeah, into a yeah, positive. definitely. I think the second thing is the package was as much of a treat as the product. I really think the two work together. I, I challenge the listeners. All these albums are available on YouTube for free to listen to. We'll go ahead and put links to them along with this album art, of course, on our episode page. And um, I I suggest that people give at least a track or two a listen and look at at this art while they do it. And if we'll see if you feel it's appropriate, just like we do. So I think it, the package or the, the product, if you will, was not only the music, but how the music was delivered. And I would say the third thing is low budgets can often mean greater creative freedom, right? So if you're getting paid 50 bucks a pop, you know, there isn't a lot of mm-hmm. man hours to have your shoulder be looked over all the time. You're trusted to turn something around and deliver it. And over time, that trust is built and you know what works and, and what looks good. And so you start to have a little bit more creative freedom and so i think with each of these yeah they're very atypical i think that when you think about some of these major labels that were also releasing jazz like capital and columbia they weren't taking the risks that blue note was you know blue note was kind of like the sub pop (laughs) of its day right you know they were able to do these crazier things because there just wasn't as much scrutiny i think or I think also the other thing is that the, their audience, their customers, demanded and expected something unique. That was part of the reason they were coming to them. Right, right. And then I would say uh, to add a fourth one to this, um, I guess I really like orange. Yeah, you like orange and black a lot. Uh, <laughs> I do. With these. I do. You know what? I'm not going to apologize for that. We have orange on our website. We love orange. Yeah, we love orange. Orange is, orange is good. You know what else is good is orange juice with vodka in it. Ooh, you're going to buy Wouldn't me one of those? Wouldn't that be good? Okay, okay. You, you've worked hard today. Yes, I'll buy you one of those. Man, so I get a 100 and I get a screwdriver. I know. I'm feeling generous today. You are. More uh, more insight into the beats uh, on the next episode. Can't wait. Yes, yes. So do we want to tease them? Do we want to mention what we're going to be uh, talking well, yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's good. I think all the all, all the great um, episodes do that. Okay. Don't they give a... What, why don't you give a little hint of what's coming up next? Okay. I'll have a one-word hint. 
Okay. Illustration. All right. Eh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Todd, I know you love illustration. A lot of folks out there love illustration, and we're going to talk all about it. That uh, I can't wait. I love that. All right, folks. Well, we'll see you back here at the bar. Todd's treat, of course, very, very soon. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on... Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. Two Designers Walk Into a Bar is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information about our show or to discover more podcasts you'll enjoy, visit evergreenpodcasts.com.